there, beautiful people. You're listening to Cast Ripple by Carla Berger from Cape Town, South Africa. Hello, friends, and welcome to a new episode of Cast Ripple. Cast Ripple and Be Ripple is a space where I like to share what I like to call life-enhancing tools that absolutely anybody can use to better improve the quality of their day-to-day experiences. These tools help us to create space for ourselves and to hold space in a reality that can be overwhelming sometimes. Today I want to talk to you about this book. Brene Brown The Gifts of Imperfection, such a good book. So it stems from the last episode I talked about knowledge and how knowledge is not the be all and end all, right? It's very healthy to go on hunts and to quench your hunger for knowledge, but uh, at a stage you'll have to start to implement those things and really start to integrate them into your life and this book is just so good with helping with that integration and that's why I still allow myself to sometimes you know read some books and not necessarily for the knowledge but for um, expansion Um, there's always something to still be reminded of there's always something that can expand you even further And that's why I still continue reading, not for the knowledge of it all, but for the expansion of it. And this book is really, Brene does such a good job in, she calls herself a researcher storyteller. So she researches social norms and she uses stories in order to come up with these Um, What she does in this book is guideposts or guidelines. Guideposts. So she has a bunch of guideposts um, to guide us on how to integrate all of these aspects with what she calls wholehearted living. So she interviews a bunch of people, thousands, thousands of people, and assesses their state of living, you know, are they wholeheartedly living from the heart, wholehearted living. So for me, it reads together with authenticity. People that are living authentic lives, what can we learn from them? What are they doing that are helping them living wholeheartedly, living this authentic lifestyle in a space that's much more peaceful than the rat race we are conditioned to believe in. So essentially that's what this book is all about. And she gives 10 guideposts, which I will be going through quickly. And I will be highlighting some of my favorites that I really loved from the book. And she does this in such a way that it really, the book gives you a space to really get your hands dirty. (laughs) It's not just a book that you pick up and you read, you really, read a chapter and then you think about it and you make notes. She actually has some space here at the back where you are allowed to take notes 
and you know you scribble and you index and she's really giving you the opportunity to research these kind of things to delve into yourself in a way that she delves into her stories and her research so she's teaching us her methodology of um, becoming more aware which is fantastic because there's always a, a chance to broaden your horizons on the way you do things so the methodology of the work and the book is also something that spoke to me because you are encouraged to do notes, you are encouraged to dive deeper, to um, really go and research some of the other books she mentions. Um, you are encouraged to do this questionnaire also at the front, your wholehearted living index questionnaire to show you maybe there are some aspects that she's talking about here that you could delve deeper into, really dive deeper into. So, fantastic book to read. Um, please do give it a try. But in any case, for those of you that don't like reading, which is fair enough, I have a bit of a breakdown of the book for you. So, she gives 10 guideposts to wholehearted living. And the 10 guideposts are structured around what we want to cultivate in our life and what we want to let go. So with cultivating, for me, that expresses um, a form of practice. It's something that you practice, right? It's not something that you learn and then stop, stop doing or a knowledge that you obtain once and then it's just stuck there the whole time. It is continuous work. It's a continu continuous cultivation of this aspect that you want in your life and you want it to live, you want it to thrive. You know, it's like tending to a garden. You want that thing to grow and be healthy. You can't just plant the seed and then not do anything about it. You need to cultivate that. So the first one is authenticity. And authenticity, I've spoken up so much. Um, so I'm really not going to go into this um, much further. But authenticity is just, it's letting go of what people think. So we want to cultivate authenticity and let go of what people think. We are so conditioned to fit into specific standards, to not stand out, to... Um, you know, fit in with the crowd and blend and just conform to societal norms. That is not what wholehearted living is about. We are not made to blend in. We are made to stand out. We are made to play specific roles in this life. And you can't do that and still worry about what people think. Because then you will never be authentic if you're worrying about what people are thinking. And I know that's much easier said than done, trust me. I am an overthinker. I do tend to take that too seriously, but it's something that I'm cultivating. It's something that I'm working on. It's something that I'm progressing every day, getting better and better at it. And so can you. So that's the first guidepost, authenticity. The second one, is self-compassion. We need to move away from this aspect and this indoctrination that we need to be perfect. 
I mean, I don't even have to go into what social media has been doing to this whole concept of perfectionism, of social conformity, of ugh, just living up to this ridiculous expectations of what these platforms have put out because they only portray perfectionism they only portray things going well in life they only portray the happy and the positive they don't look at the deeper issues they don't look at the sadness no one puts up the pictures about themselves crying um, or their real body it's always photoshopped or filtered or you know you don't put pictures of your cellula cellulite on <laughs> On social media and that's recreates this ridiculous um, perfectionism that we try and strive to so we need to cultivate self-compassion um, and let go of perfectionism if there's something that you feel you are not living up to help self have self-compassion for yourself I mean Create space for yourself. Understand that most expectations of social reality are they're not they're ridiculous ideals. So keep that in mind. That's the second guidepost. This, the third guidepost is the silent spirit, creating a resilient spirit and moving away from numbing things down or powerlessness. So because we are expected to conform in certain ways, we think that the feelings that we are feeling, which aren't in line with this perfect image portrays um, on social media they are wrong which is not at all the case and we because we believe they are wrong and we shouldn't be feeling them and our life is wrong in terms of what we are seeing other people going through over social media we numb them down you know we engage in in behaviors that numb them down like alcohol or um, overeating or procrastinating or whatever it is whatever negative habit there is that you're using and you can be using anything buying clothes whatever it might be to numb away that pain to numb away what you're really feeling um so we need to be in a space where we can associate and really make space for hope and for awareness not a space where you are just numbing everything down and there's this heavy sense of powerlessness that there there isn't anything better in this life you know you're just kind of living to survive instead of living in hope and in awareness of what is going on around you. So that is the fourth one, resilient spirit, cultivating a resilient spirit, something that can bend, that can be flexible, that can go through ups and downs. Because 
that's the other thing that also resonated is when we numb the pain we also numb the light when we numb the dark we also numb the light so whenever you're feeling those depressive emotions and those that you in your mind um, think are bad emotions and you numb them down you are also numbing down the absolute beauty of light emotions so numbing down the pain also numbs down the pleasure fifth one gratitude and joy and i've oh gratitude is such a beautiful thing to be cultivating in your life keeping a gratitude journal you can go check out this couch talk of mine on gratitude as well it's such a beautiful thing to be cultivating in your life to really focus on the positive move away from the negative create the space for yourself where you see the beauty in life where you see the positive in life we don't uh, latch on to all of the negative things all of the time it's good to be aware of the negative but reinforcing and cultivating gratitude and joy is such a beautiful thing to be doing and we need to for that to happen let go of scarcity and fear so we want sometimes in our life we get so fearful because of stepping out of um, our comfort zone we fear things that might go wrong you know we fear losing a loved one we fear losing a job or not being able to thrive in the way that we want to not succeeding in what it is that we want to do and then at the end we don't do that thing because we are fearful we shouldn't be operating in fear or in scarcity we should be letting go of that be mindful and aware of them whenever they come up but be courageous enough to act in spite of them they will always be there <laughs> trust me they will always be there but we can still be living a life in spite of them going to that interview getting that dog um, you know going into a relationship all of those things um, can be done and they should be done in order for us to live um, in more of a joyous state in order for us to be more grateful when things actually do work out in spite of all of that the next one is intuition and trusting the faith out of all of these people that she interviewed wholehearted people resonated and mentioned some kind of spirituality some kind of practice some kind of deeper faith whether it was religious or not it was something that they there was a knowing in all of them there was a connectedness with divinity there in whatever way it was and that is such a beautiful thing to be cultivating to really listen to your intuition your intuition is always there sometimes it's so shrouded by expectations and by our ego and by our mind that we barely hear it it's barely there but the more we get in tune with it the better we'll be able to listen to it to really follow our heart to really follow that voice 
and trust that anything that happens even if it's bad is something that is in our best interest because it always is it's always something that um that serves to expand us so she says that the need we need to cultivate intuition and intuition and a trust and faith by letting go of the need for um, confirmation the need for certainty you know we, we can't always know with our mind exactly what's going to happen but we can know with our energy and with our divinity and with our intuition that that route is the right one for us to follow even if we don't know with our minds certain with our minds what the outcome will be next one creativity and i love this one there's always space for creativity in your life and creativity is and i mentioned this somewhere in i think it was in the personality podcast creativity is something that is in our soul it's not a personality trait it is something that we as human beings have access to but you can do it in so many different ways even um, Brene Brown saw eventually that her creativity was still expressed in her work even if it wasn't picking up a paintbrush or you know making music or making origami or whatever it is that's um, mostly assumed with being creative her making connections and making those um, findings in her research is also a way to be creative. So creativity, cultivating creativity is such a beautiful way to be tapping into the right side of our brain, moving away from logic and moving more towards the play side of life. And how we do that is by cultivating creativity we need to let go of comparison i mean there will always be someone that you perceive doing better in life you know why would you make why would you be painting if there are so many people that can paint better than you why would you be doing a podcast or doing a blog post or any of those things if you are continuously comparing yourself to others trying to um belittle yourself in that way there's no point to comparison everyone does their own thing um, and some might do it better in terms of social standards or social norms but that doesn't mean that whatever you are creating is meaningless never if you are creating out of that space of divinity then there is nothing more for you to know except that if that continues to befall you, then do it. Why not? The next one, play and rest. Play and rest is such an amazingly powerful thing to be cultivating in this life. Because like I said, they are such amazingly inaccurate and unfair social standards out there that you need to always be going. You need to always be on top of things. You need to 
do this and you can't sit still and you can't read a book that you just enjoy and you can't just play and rest. You can't take a nap, there's so many things to do. <laughs> we need to create space for ourselves to play and to rest, to tap into the right side of the brain, to move away from the left side. There needs to be a swing and we need to create space for that. And how we do that is we let go of living a life of exhaustion and productivity you know having this having your self-worth tapped into or connected to productivity that you are only worthy if you are productive how twisted is that no we need to play and we need to rest that is just as important as being productive and it's actually counterproductive to be productive the whole time because you need to play and rest in order to recharge yourself to be at the best productivity level that you are. That's it for that one. Anyway, calm and stillness. Calm and stillness. We need to create spaces and pockets in our life where we not only play and rest, but we make spaces for calm and for stillness. And here she specifically um, says calm and stillness needs to be cultivated. And they are not the same thing. They are related to each other, but they are different. Calmness is a way in which we react to life. Anything that situations that come up and happen, we want to act in a way that we are calm. Because if you react in a way where you throw more anxiety at anxiety, that's just gonna cause more anxiety, right? But if you throw calmness into anxiety, it balances it out. It helps to create space, emotional space, energetic space in a potentially haphazard situation. So calmness is very important to cultivate. Stillness is also important to cultivate. Where calmness is more of an external thing, how we react, stillness is more of an internal thing, how we process all of the energies, how we process all of the emotions that we're feeling internally. Is there something that's coming up for us? And the way that you want to do that is either through meditation or through nature walks or through prayer, you need to be able to create a very still space in yourself in order to understand and to give all of your emotions space to speak, to show you what it is that they want you to hear. Such a beautiful thing to be able to do, to create that stillness for yourself. And how you do that is you want to let go of anxiety. So creating calmness and stillness is moving away from anxiety, moving away from this stress-filled life, moving away from always having to breathe past that thing on your chest, that anxiety. And that will, I think to a certain extent, stress will always be there, but some stress is good and some stress is bad. And we want to get um, to a space where the bad stress um, is limited, 
is less and there's more of the good stress stress that helps you to move to perform to to do the things and achieve your goals and um you know manifest without that there would also not be any point so we just want to move away from anxiety which is that severe stress calmness and stillness then meaningful work and this one i really love this one really resonated with me because uh be a ripple and cast a ripple is my passion project i'm not making any money off of this i'm not putting any money in either i'm just putting a lot of loving energy and a lot of time into this project but mostly because for me it's meaningful it's something that gives me outlet for my creativity it's something that really helps me to um mirror myself get to know myself in a deeper level and then i just share it with you guys because i i feel like me going through this motions might have some impact for someone else as well might resonate somewhere else as well and help some someone somewhere to understand that they are not alone in all of this and that we're all actually going through all of these emotions so um she introduces this top this concept of the slash and i love this is the slash is what do you do for a living? So if someone asks me what do I do for a living, I normally say, well, I am a town planner. I specialize in land use management because that's my day job. That's what I didn't do to earn a living, to um, afford my life. But I don't mention be a ripple or cast a ripple for anyone really until I get to know them at a deeper level. But this slash living, um, really embracing the slash gives me the opportunity where I can say I am a town planner slash mindfulness blogger or mental health advocate or <laughs> a spiritual teacher I'm not sure if it's a teacher anyway it's it gives you the opportunity to be more than just your profession. What are you passionate about? What do you do? What are your hobbies that you really embrace? What are your passion projects? So those also deserve to be featured in your first sentence about what it is that you do with your life. Really embracing the slash helps us to create and cultivate meaningful work, opening us up helping us to understand that only do mentioning that what we do for a living to earn cash is not necessarily all that we are about all that we do for a living right so embracing the slash really doing that embracing your multifaceted life is something extremely powerful to cultivate and we do that through moving away from self-doubt letting go of self-doubt i mean if i say i'm a blogger but i don't really earn anything from it it's just a hobby you know a passion project but meanwhile it's something that i'm really passionate about it's something 
that I put a lot of time and a lot of love and a lot of energy into and all of that love and energy and time is actually so much more worth the money that anyone could ever give me for that and that that is letting go of that self-doubt really embracing your hobbies and your passions and your creativity and putting that into your title so i am carla berger i am a town planner slash mental health advocate slash mental health blogger whatever you want to call it i'm gonna work on that i'm gonna embrace the slash you should too Okay, laughter, song and dance is the last guidepost she gives. So laughter, song and dance is really about letting go, just being silly, not worrying about what people say or always being in control or being this perfect human, you know. You don't have to be in control sometimes. Sometimes you can just really do it ugly belly laugh slap slap your thigh as you're laughing and grunting and the tears are rolling and the snot is all over and it's really just belly laugh and that's beautiful in its own way or where you just bust a move in the middle of a, a mole somewhere or really throw it in your zumba class instead of trying not to stand out, trying not to embarrass yourself. Life is too short. Really living our lives to the best that we can and really spreading joy in a way like that is so beautiful. And we don't always have to be in control. Okay, my loves. Uh, that is... I've decided this is my last Cast Ripple episode for this year. I wanted to do a whole bunch for over the holiday season, but I've decided to create myself some space. So I won't be doing podcasts over the holiday season, um, but you can check out all of the podcasts on this channel. Please follow me. Um, there is plenty and more than enough couch talks. And, and podcasts to keep you busy for a while. You can also listen to them on my audio channel, which is um, on my website. You can get links to all of my content on the website if you just want to listen to the audio while you're driving to holiday or um, just before you go for a nap, whatever it is that tickles your fancy. Um, but I will be posting still on Instagram B underscore A underscore Ripple, sharing a bit about my new ventures, maybe some um, new ideas for Be A Ripple. I'll be introducing you to my puppy, which I'm getting almost in a few, in a few days. I'll be receiving my new family member. So keep an eye out for whatever it is that Be A Ripple is planning for next year. And um, I will chat to you guys again in 2021. Okay, guys. All my love. Bye.